0: It's always good to be reminded that you're a senior citizen. I almost said old, but it's really good to be here. I'm here with my wife, uh, Shaw. That's the beautiful blonde in the back there. Um, We bring big love from Brooklyn. That's where we live right now. And uh, all the vineyard churches in the metro area, you know, give their love to you guys. Before I start, I want you to just slow down. We come in from different places. I don't know, some of you had to trudge through the rain, and I don't know what else you had to get the kids ready or whatever, and you got plans for the rest of the day, and your mind is always going, but I want you to right now, slow down. Because the only moment that really counts, the past is gone. The future is not yet. Forget about the rest of the day right now, is where God is alive. Now. And I want you to just wake up and remind yourself that at where you're sitting in this moment, you are perfectly loved. You are surrounded. Right now, you are surrounded by God's love. You cannot be more loved than you are right now. I know that's hard for some of you to, 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 to actually imagine, but it's true. So, imagine yourself floating in a sea of perfect love. This is what it means to practice the presence of God. This morning I want to talk about uh, the power of God's comforting love. The power of his comforting presence. Elijah gave us a great, great example. What a setup that was, of the comfort of God in all things, in that moment where he felt alone, disappointed. That was God's comfort coming to him. You know, in a world uh, that's broken by sin, trouble comes to us all. Pain and sorrow are realities that we all deal with. There is no escaping trouble. Hardship comes in many shapes and sizes. You know, the death of a young child, uh, the sin of a spouse, uh, the rebellion of a teenager, failure in a career or or some business venture, the diagnosis of a, of a deadly disease. And when trouble strikes, we don't need words. We just want somebody to be there for us, right? You know, we don't, even though, even though uh, you might think so, We don't need explanations or plans or reasons. We just need someone to be with us, to comfort us. And that's exactly what God does. He doesn't usually provide an explanation for us. We cry out for why, why, why. We don't get the answer. But God's answer to our trouble is his comforting presence. See? He gives himself. I remember in the middle of one particularly awful, dark night of my soul, receiving God's comforting presence. It was back when some of you weren't even born. It was back in 2001. Uh, And I had um, a a liver transplant that gave me a whole new lease on life. Uh, with, with years of suffering behind me now, the next 12 months uh, of health were they were wonderful. See? And so, a year later, a year after the operation, Shaw uh, and I were leaving for a ministry trip to Germany. But before flying out of out of New York, uh, I met with my liver doctors for a root, the routine checkup that I would have every few months, right? And everything looked great. I was good to go. Well, we flew through the night and arrived in the day. And that evening, uh, a year to the day of my operation. Um, in the middle of my opening uh, teaching session, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, in the back, one of the local leaders being called out of the room suddenly. A few minutes later, uh, he he returned with a, a concerned look on his face. And he calls my wife uh, uh, to the back uh, and whispers something to her. I'm watching, as I'm teaching, I'm, I'm noticing this stuff, see? Now, she has that same look on her face. I thought maybe something happened to one of my grandkids. You know, there was an accident in the family. That's what, that's what I was thinking, you know? Because it didn't look good. I knew something was wrong. So I quickly wrapped things up, and uh, only to find out that the hospital in New York, Mount Sinai, had called. And uh, my blood test that they had taken the day before, my blood test showed that my body was rejecting my new liver. I was in, I was in rejection. And if I didn't return to the hospital right away, immediately, I'd be, uh, my life would be at risk. Well, we couldn't catch a a flight out until the next morning. That night, as you could imagine, was agonizing. Uh, I laid there, I remember, Laying there in the dark, my soul was crushed, you know. Uh, I was seesawing between anger and panic. You know, oh, Lord, this isn't fair. You know, how could you be so cruel to give me a new lease on life and then snatch it away? You know, all I could do was surrender my anguish to Jesus in that bed that night. I, I, I was at the end of my cell, afraid. And as I prayed, an amazing thing began to happen. God's comfort met me right there in, my, in the middle of my confusion And my pain, changing my mood, if you will, you know, his his peaceful presence came, came over me and there was no more need for explanations. I had everything I needed in him. In in the place of my anger, uh, my fear, his comfort gave me uh, peaceful courage. Paul called it the peace that passes all understanding in Ephesians. Uh, Peaceful courage to get through that night. Well, to make a long story short, we got back. To the hospital. We went straight from the airport to the hospital. They admitted me, they, and they were, the doctors were able to correct the problem. And as you can tell, uh, I've been fine ever since. <laughs> I'm here to tell the story. But to this day, what stands out to me uh, in my memory was God's comfort carrying me through that terrifying night. Now, the Apostle Paul went through his share of suffering and he knew all about the power of God's comforting presence. Uh, In 2 Corinthians, he writes about this and promises not immediate healing, not immediate success, but God's comfort as a source of strength and endurance. And he writes this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort that we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, we also share, you also share in our comfort. Now, according to Paul, comfort is experienced most profoundly in the middle, in the midst of our distresses and our hardships. We experience comfort not by somehow getting around it, avoiding it, but by putting our trust in Christ. And as we go through our affliction, uh, our suffering, eh? I can't think of a a person that lived a more trouble-filled life than Paul, <laughs> really, it's, 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 it's like a paradox, Paul the Apostle, I think suffered more trouble than all of us, okay. he suffered <clears throat> cold, nakedness, beating, imprisonment, criminal assault, shipwreck, betrayal, desolation, desertion. And on and on. You know, however, he found that God, com- God comforted and supported him in the middle of it all. Not in some of his troubles, but in all, he says, in all of my troubles. Every one of, of, of Paul's troubles and hardships was accompanied by God's comfort. You know, his repeated imprisonments in Asia Minor, in Greece, in Rome, were places of God's comfort for Paul. Through each of uh, the 40 lashes administered on five separate occasions, bringing him to the point of death, he experienced the comfort of God. When he was stoned in Lystra, with the largest stones being thrown at his broken body as a finishing touch, he experienced the comfort of God. A drift, like a piece of, a piece of wreckage on the high seas. For the third time, he knew the comfort of God again. When he was in danger from rivers, God's comfort. Danger from his enemies, God's comfort. Danger in the city, God's comfort. Danger in the wilderness, God's comfort. Danger from wild animals, God's comfort. He, told, he wrote, in toil and hardship, Through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, Paul always experienced God's comfort. Never once was he without his comfort. And he said that this comfort is for everyone, anyone, all of us who put our trust in Jesus Christ. That means you. Now, maybe the worst thing, at least in my opinion, maybe the worst thing about suffering. Is that it often feels meaningless? Why? What a waste. But Paul brings a sense of purpose to our suffering. His experience of comfort transformed him into a comforter. He became a comforter. You see? He was, he was able to turn around as a result and comfort him uh, <clears throat> and comfort those uh, that were in any trouble. See? And he did so with the comfort he himself had been comforted with from God. See? Now, God, God's comfort doesn't just stop with us. God doesn't comfort us simply to make us comfortable, but rather that we might be able to bring comfort to others. The comfort we receive from God where to both give and to receive from one another Those that have been comforted by God have the opportunity to pass along comfort to others who are suffering God remains the source it comes from him but we can keep giving away his comfort to others. You see? Who, who has more empathy and compassion for someone else who is suffering than someone who has suffered themselves? <clears throat> the comfort I received that terrifying uh, night in Germany, has given me the ability, and other times, you know, other situations where I, I experienced uh, God's comfort has given, has given me the ability to comfort others going through similar nightmares. Now, how, how did, did Paul comfort others with the comfort with which he had been comforted with by God? well first off by his example did you ever gain comfort for someone by watching somebody that was co- being courageous that something something encourages you gives you strength right well <clears throat> paul's example you know as others observed his attitude, and the way he carried himself in and through and after you know, his sufferings gave others courage. Your example affects others, for the good or bad. You can, be a, you can offer comfort by just living, you know, experiencing the comfort of God yourself. Then there were his words of, you know, <clears throat> his words of comfort. A mixture of, of personal experience, grace, truth, but power. I, <clears throat> and of course, I think most importantly, there, there is God's comfort that came through prayer. I find it pretty instructive that when writing about God's comfort, about God's support for him, Paul brought up the topic of prayer. You see, Yes, he writes, God kept us from what looked like sure death, and He, <clears throat> and he is keeping us. As we trust Him, we will keep, uh, He will keep us in the future. You also help us by praying for us. Many people thank God for His favor to us. <clears throat> many people thank God for His favor to us. This is an answer to the prayers of many people. A major way Paul was comforted and supported by God, as well as his ability to pass comfort on to others, was through intercessory prayer, praying for others, others praying for him. See? God's comfort and prayer go together. God's comfort and prayer belong in the same conversation. You, you know, we can't experience the one without the other. That little prayer that Elijah whispered as he was alone was a powerful thing. Prayer comfort. See? We can't experience the one without doing the other. See? Paul learned to pray in times of trouble. And he wasn't shy about asking others to pray for him.? See? He understood that the pr- that that their prayers were part of how God comforted and delivered him from and his team from danger. Okay. Now, to be honest with you, how prayer actually works is a mystery to me. Why doesn't God just help us without us having to ask? He knows I'm in trouble. <laughs> and why should the prayers of others on our behalf have <clears throat> have such influence on God? The Bible really doesn't answer those questions. But we see Paul's reliance on the prayers of others again and again. The prayers of the Corinthians, the prayers of the Philippians, the prayers of the Romans. He writes about it. He thanks them for it. See? One thing we do know, the prayers of others play a crucial role in receiving God's comfort and support. The one thing we know for sure is that the God who comforts, while not dependent on our help, not dependent on our prayers, is responsive to our prayers. See, So we pray. That's all I need to know. He responds to prayer. So I pray. So there's no shortage of people in need of comfort around you, around each one of us. And so if you are a follower of Jesus... You've been given the ministry of comfort to others. There is no lack of opportunity to comfort people around, especially today, especially in this, this time, right? Someone is unemployed, another is depressed. About a, a difficult job situation. A wife has a chronically ill husband, another has, a re- has rebellious children. Our eyes need to, to, to be open and attentive and prayerfully open and attentive. You know And our hearts need to be generous with compassionate p- care for people around us.? See? And above all, we have to resist the temptation to run away from from people's needs because we don't think that we can deal with them or we don't think we have what it takes to help them. The truth is, you know, people in trouble don't usually expect us to, to solve their problems for them. But they do appreciate our concerns, and our prayers, you know, our support. What, what matters most to people in distress is not saying things. They don't need a pep talk, right? They simply need being there. Be present with them. And, you know, it's easy to make excuses and, and, and shy away from that kind of closeness and caring through which comfort of, the comfort of God flows from one person to another. But, you know, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And with the Holy Spirit's help, we can resist our insecurities. We can resist our self-centeredness that draws us away. God doesn't ask us to produce this comfort on our own, but simply to make ourselves available. Available to be channels of his comfort. And God doesn't force this role of comforter on us. He doesn't twist our arms. Uh, It's a choice that you and I make. It's on us. A choice motivated by having received that comfort ourselves. The truth is you can't give away something you've never had yourself. So how do you receive God's comfort? By getting, by doing what Elijah did. What was the magic thing that he did? What did he do? He sat down. He got in God's presence. And the fact is he's everywhere. So you can do this any place, any time in any situation, by getting into the presence of God who is the God of all comfort and asking for it. Wow. I waited all this time for Mike to get to that. (laughs) But you'd be surprised how many people don't ask. Come on. it James said you don't receive because you don't ask and when you ask you ask for the wrong things he is the God of all comfort this is what he does best how do you get God's comfort by swallowing our pride humbling ourselves and asking for and receiving the comforting prayers of other believers. Would you pray for me? You know? Would you pray for me? So what do you do in times of trouble? Do you start complaining and and get angry? Do you seek The comfort of other people? Do you sweep it under the rug like nothing is bothering you? You're you're strong on the outside, dying on the inside? Do you look to others to distract you? Do you turn on YouTube or a video game? Or do you, do you try to muscle your way through your, your hardship and pain, trying to solve your trouble on your own? Googling to find a solution? Or do you turn to the God of all comfort in prayer and seek the prayers of others? You see, the truth is, We cannot get through this life alone. You cannot live the Christian life all by yourself. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christians. We need each other. You need this. This. The body. A local community of people that you can that get to know and they can get to know you and that you could reach out to and ask for you know prayer you need a, a circle of christian friends that you can trust that can that can you can call on for prayer at any time you know that you have need do you have that type of support If you don't, it's available. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to you're gonna have to put some effort into making friends, being there, being present. Right? But it's there. You know, I would make that your goal. Say, I need to plug in. I need some friends that I can call on. Again, you can't be a lone ranger. Christianity is meant to be lived in a caring community where God's comfort flows one to another. Make friends who who in times of trouble you can depend on to, 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 to comfort you and you can be called upon to comfort them when they need it. There's no reason why you have to be alone. There's no reason why you have to um, be in despair. I'm not saying that everything's going to turn out just the way you want it to turn out, but you can be comforted. You could be strengthened. You don't have to be alone. So, this morning... Are you going through a difficult time right now? In a, in a room this size, I, I, I can get you. I'm not a, a like prophet or anything like that, but I bet you there you are. You know, we live life. We live in a troubled world. You're going through a difficult situation. As strange as it seems, this may be an opportunity, a God-given opportunity for you to receive his comfort, to grow as a result, to grow as a person, and then to pass on that comfort to someone else in need, in your circle, in your network that is living nearby, maybe on your job, maybe your neighbor, maybe in your family, that needs comfort. God wants to use you Is there someone you know who needs comfort as as he or she goes through uh, uh, some crisis? Maybe God is calling you to supply that comfort. Maybe you are going through some hardship right now. Would you allow us to pray for you so that you can receive God's comfort by the power of the holy spirit now here today maybe the hardest thing the hardest part of, of receiving god's comfort is believing that he's there for you and asking that might be the hardest part of this just just asking god to come you know but I believe that if you have even a tiny bit of faith right now in this moment, a mustard seed size faith, as you've been listening to me and these words about God's comfort for you, if you just have a tiny bit of that kind of faith, Jesus will put his comforting hand on you right where you are right now. Let's wait in his presence for a few moments. Okay? And we'll have opportunity to to be the body of Christ for one another. Some of you go into some some tough stuff. I think there's a number of, of you, and I think in particular there's a couple of uh, uh older folks that are worried about your future. You just it's just just anxiety about your future. God wants to comfort you. I think there's uh, also um, someone or maybe more than one, um, uh, a, a student that's just worried about school right now. Something's going on in school that has you anxious. God wants to comfort you. He knows what you're going to. Ask him. Come, Holy Spirit. Release in this place your comforting presence for those that are in need. I pray for those that have some doubts that they could that that God that you would be there for them, that you have the power to comfort their troubles, to comfort them in their troubles. I pray for those people, Lord, right now that you would give them that faith, that that childlike faith, trust to just surrender themselves to you and surrender their trouble to you right now.